0: Welcome to the Collab Lab, where we are helping you create disruptive creativity, your new reality.
1: Hello, folks. Once again, I know it's been a while, but we're excited about seeing you. We're excited about sharing with you. And once again, like always, we love to get your feedback. So make sure you join us uh, as we discuss these various topics around collaboration. I am Sir Charles Carey. Peak Performance Strategist. I'm here with my good friends Galen, Michelle, and Tamara, and we're welcoming you to the Collab Lab.
2: it, right, right? We can
1: eat. Look, we can easily cut it
2: out. But That's let's right.
1: Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. That's right. Someone once said, "For me, you know, it's, um, I'm around folks that deal with a lot of talking about silos. Deal with a lot of the." Typical minutia, did you see the fight? Hey, that girl looked bad. Yo, them kess banging but you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, I participate sometimes and but really my mind is like, can they be quiet? <laughs> you know, is it because I really wanna get on the phones and focus or I wanna maybe make sure my site is up to date, or I wanna set out some contact information for some future opportunities. So When it comes to silos, I want to be in one. Mm. Seriously, I know it may sound weird, but I told you, I'm a gunslinger. I'm used to riding across the country by myself, right? Man, you know? Bareback, too. Man. Well, I I prefer the saddle, but, you know. (laughs) But seriously, you know, it's like, sometimes I feel bad because it's like, I know I'm looking at this person, and they could tell I'm looking right through them because I'm really not listening. And I don't want to be in your presence. And I feel bad because as being a people person, you have to help people. And sometimes the best way to help people is exclude yourself and really give yourself to the person wholeheartedly. But I need need my own space, the thinking, you know. So for me, when I think about silos, I'd like to be in one probably too much Mm. so I can focus and get this fresh idea and, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, you because know, I, I think one of the topics we had at one point uh, had something to do with uh, the mindset of collaboration or the attitude or the... Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's mindset. And that, yeah, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. a little bit of what you're talking about, right? I mean, you've got your preferred ways of of operating.
1: Yeah, sometimes uh, I don't want
0: to collaborate. You know, or no, not, not,
1: not I don't want to collaborate. I don't want to be in the presence of people if it's not a positive collaboration. Just sure. in general, to be around people. has his moments but we ain't building I I really don't want to be there right but
2: I think that was one of the things too if I'm remembering when we began first talking about the collab lab you know Charles you were really dead set on that why and it's not that you just came to that because you came to it you came to that because you had unfortunate experiences when individual wasted your time when you showed up ready to do the work ready to be full on out and they were whistling dixie you know scratching their nose and trying to figure some things out so maybe that's part and parcel and why some silos happen or warranted or liked because we've shown up in spaces and people were not ready
3: yeah yeah going along with that point you think about individuals unlike like charles where you know we can get our work done just putting our head down without the interruption and then there are some organizations or departments right within an organization or within a company who believe well we do it best we know what we know this better than the other folks do so they kind of just cut go off off the rails and do their own thing without getting the input from other departments, other entities, because they feel as if they know it best. And I think sometimes even as individuals, we think we know it best. I don't necessarily want to get input from that other person. It's just going to take me off, you know take me off track. Somehow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just
1: need real mental stimulation. Mm-hmm. I really need that. I mean, mm-hmm. there are times, for example, well, I can play some soft, jazz, some instrumental, or maybe some indie music. And I'm good. I can work along those lines. I can create along those lines. And there's times when I want silence because I can't function because of the typical, you know, same old, same old. It just drives me crazy. And then I look back at my day, I go, you ain't do nothing today. Mm-hmm. You know, that just kills me. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I have less tolerance or. <laughs> You know, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe I should care and maybe I should identify, but I just know how I function best. And I need a silo.
2: <laughs> so let's, so, so when we're talking about silos, um, clearly they work in some instances. Thank you, Sir Charles. <laughs> right. But what about those instances when they don't, when they're more detrimental? Right. So, Michelle, you brought up some instances where there are services that may have missed one another there their people's lives that are hanging in the balance of that. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? And um, how do we in what ways might we get past that to be of service? Yeah.
3: And it co- to me, it goes to what's the higher purpose. Mm-hmm. So in the example where I talked about how the work that i did in the past was serving victims of crime and working with other agencies that all serve the victim in some capacity and the idea was do no harm or do no further harm to that individual Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if they came to agency one and then later they were sent off to agency two they weren't having to relive the trauma the experience that they went through so how could we as the agencies come together and improve our services and our efficiencies so that, to your point, we're not causing further harm to this individual. And so so often we just think about ourselves and how this is an inconvenience to me and you know, I, I kind of just want to stay within my little world and do what I have to do. But depending on what the purpose is or who it is that we're trying to help or assist or impact, we have to get out of that and look beyond ourselves and realize it's not just about us.
1: True, I think maybe does it matter um, how big the agency is or how big the support system is? Because, you know, everyone has a different bedside manner with people yes. when comes to helping people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some people like I can talk to anybody. I don't care. Any level, highest, lowest, and I enjoy it. Um, I'm just really that way. Even if they don't give too squats about me, you know, it's not going to hurt me because that's their thought. You know, I'm just being a genuine dude. Right. Um, However, so once right? say again, they're allowed to be wrong. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But at the end of the day um, or on the flip side of the coin, I understand the importance of really when someone's in need, um, you know, that same approach can be so beneficial. You know, and we have so many people that sometimes are working in the wrong space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they can't really give what they should give or can give. And I just like to be able to really discern, you know, have that, that third eye, that ear open to where am I really navigating to? Who really needs what I have to offer? Yeah. So it depends on the scenario and where I'm at, for me, where I'm at or who I'm around. Because uh, you could be a stranger, or maybe it's in a, a, a gig I'm doing, I'm doing a training and afterwards you just want to bend my ear because of your personal situation.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you bring up a really, really important um, concept as it, pertains to this, as it pertains to this and that is discernment. Mm. Because it depends on if I'm trying to do something quickly, so it's really about execution, mm-hmm. then I'm probably not going to reach out to anyone. I'm probably just going to try to make, make something happen. But if it's something where it's really, really important that we have a diversity of thought, that we have the best possible solution, and I've got time, I'm probably gonna call a couple people. Right. Even if it's just to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking, am I missing something? Uh, um, I think discernment, as you you discern, is really, really important Mm -hmm. as to what's needed.
3: And I I like that. What comes up for me too is, Um, discernment and also know thyself so know (laughs) and Sir Charles knows okay I work better in this type of you know situation and other people may thrive in a different type of environment and I would even go so far as to say is to let people know because so often if someone comes to you with a bad attitude or you know you're trying to have this conversation you don't know what is leading up to it and So many issues in the world, I believe, could be resolved if we took the time to say, all right, one, I'm not going to take this personally. There's something else perhaps that's going on. But two, you caught me maybe at a bad moment, right? (laughs) And I needed to crank this out. I needed to get this executed. It's not that I don't want to collaborate. It's just that right now I have a more pressing issue. So... One, not taking offense when someone does that, thinking they just don't wanna collaborate, but also two, knowing who you are and the situations and the conditions in which you thrive the best. And realize sometimes you don't have a choice.
2: So that, that brings me to a couple things. So Charles said, when the wrong people end up in the wrong camp, bad or unfortunate things can happen. right? So that brings me to an article that I read. I took a communicative leadership class and it talked about phenomenology Mm. and it's called social world. So there was a script about a nine one one call that happened between two individuals. One was a nine one one operator and one was a motorist. Um, San Francisco, San Jose, somewhere in California. Right. Mm -hmm. Gentleman is driving on the freeway. Comes to a mattress that's in the middle. Dials nine one one. Gets the operator. Hey, mattress. Please send someone to get it before some something somebody gets hurt. Right, sir. Thank you for your call. However, this is not my job. You have mm-hmm. to call Galen, ma'am. I'm on the phone. I shouldn't be on the phone. However. Sir, I understand that, but you need to call Galen because our protocol is. Mm-hmm. So, mm. conversation happened. He was like, You know what? Well, if something happens, that's on you. Right. Click. She was like, Whatever. Yeah. Peace. Click. An individual ended up dying.
1: Mm. Oh, man.
2: Right? And this is a real story. Yeah. So, the idea is if we could think about all right, we all have positions to play there's things that need to be done but if we were to think about these the impact of our job and how it could have impact on other people and think about it from an afterlife perspective mm. so if they were be- able to see one another and even though that was not her position to call Galen to say, hey, Galen, you know, I just got a call from this motorist. I know it is out of protocol. However, I think it is it is important that I inter, um, intercede because the person was on a, you know, freeway, didn't know what their situation was, but it was important enough for me, right? So you had two individuals operating in their silos trying to come together to be of benefit. And one, because I'm in this coercive idea of bureaucracy, I got to put this round Peg in this round hole and this comes outside of my area of Responsibility, sir, I can't help you. You must call Galen. His number is 716-555-1212. and then Because these two people weren't able to collaborate even if it was outside of your so-called again job responsibilities it caused the death of an individual. And they posted the script and then they even talked about the impact it had on the families who knew that there was a car that came in and there was someone who was playing their role of being in a silo and didn't wanna make the extra car. So how do we move in a way, we're talking about the collab lab, what do we share and what ways might we share our experiences taken in to consideration how Charles feel because he he's running away from the chick that answered the phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> she she was like, yo, it might have been ten minutes to quit time, answered the phone. Or y'all know the time y'all call um an agency or corporation and it's five minutes to quit time, they'll pick up the phone and they hang up on you. Did that
1: happen? Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, you know, with that when we encounter individuals who might be the wrong person in the wrong seat, they're operating from a silo and not operating in the best interest of the constituents Mm -hmm. as for bold and brilliant, you know, individuals that sit here and have collaborated. And sometimes the nature of business, because we're all entrepreneurs, we end up in silos. What do we share and how do we know the difference? And then how do we ensure that we're moving it forward?
1: Now, you know what you just did? You just took me to a place where Mr. Silo Man, Mr. I want to be in my silo. Now I'm being held to a higher standard that I realize honestly, I have a right to feel that way about being in the silo, but I have to be better. Yeah. And that's what the Collab Lab does best. I And I love this about each and every one of you. At one point or one time or another, we're going to reveal to one another a way in which we can and maybe should be better mm-hmm. so better in what way you might think or ask i know a woman that constantly constantly she gets hurt whether it's her ankle her knee or whatever and i'll see her coming literally 20 feet away and i'm like whoop, make a beat line <laughs> or <laughs> i see it, hey, how's it, it going <laughs> how's it going and i'm right by her, right point being because i already know she's a chronic mm. complainer mm. doesn't mean that her issues aren't valid sure. or real but mm. due to the fact that i am who i am and the charge that's on my life i've got to be more giving now i don't have to listen to bs or jive but giving in a way that's more cordial more and more more um royal if you will you know the better guy that understands and Just a little dash of encouragement here so I can save a dash for her the next day, a little dash there. So bottom line is that I'm understanding that it's not all about Charles. Not that I truly thought it was, but I just (laughs) have to be better at giving to others because a lot of times people come to each one of us
2: Mm -hmm.
3: because
1: they know who we are. Mm. And that's a responsibility. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you said, you said so, so much in that, um, you know, the, the, the first thing I think, because everything for me, uh, every success and every failure begins and ends with leadership. So I, I, relative to the silos, uh, uh, Tamara that you just described, and obviously it's, it's, it's easy to see that as being a huge miss because someone ended up dying.
1: Mm. But
0: even if someone didn't die, mm. you, you are in organizations where, uh, someone is afraid to make a suggestion about marketing because they are in finance,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? That's someone yes. that doesn't really um, care about how much supplies they use because they're in marketing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so we are, th- that organization is missing the point. They're missing the real value. If, if there is no one in that organization that can show the leadership to say, this is what we are in business for. Right, this is the enterprise value that we are trying to deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you've got your role to play, and I need you to play your role. But this is what you're playing your role for. Mm. So, whatever we can do to deliver against whatever the this is, uh, I think that that's a that's a that's a message that needs to come from the leadership uh, to the rest of the organization, so that everyone's really really clear. Uh, that's not something that can just be tucked away an employee handbook, which you usually is, it has, has to be discussed. It has to be modeled. It has to be celebrated. And then uh, another um, role of leadership is they've got to know uh, how people work best. Yeah. Right? So if I've got a project that I need to get it done fast, I got to know that uh, Sir Charles is my dude, mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to go to him first and say, Hey, you know, I know that you've done these kinds of things before. Could you knock this out in 25 minutes and come back to me with your thoughts?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Rather than saying, uh, you know, we need to do this quickly. Charles, you get with Tamara and Michelle, you guys come back with uh, what the three of you guys think is the right thing to do. That's going to do, Charles will do it, but I'm not going to get my best work out of him. Uh, and it's not going to be very fast, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I mean, you, you guys are you guys are all over it, um, and it, for me, it always comes back. Surprisingly, it comes back okay. to leadership. Yeah, but you, you know, know what?
3: what? Yeah, go ahead, Sir Charles.
0: No, I was going to say there's
1: one thing I should have said it uh, earlier. That being better, and you know, the responsibility lies on us because of who we are and what it is that we're charged to do. Uh, in the professional world, it goes also back to not just leadership, but it also goes back to the customer service model. And where there's the mattress, the lady with the chronic complaining, you know, whoever crosses your path is your customer. Mm. So sometimes you do have to go the extra mile, even when the person is annoying or when it's not in your ballpark or your 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 playpen or in your area of expertise i can't help you i really can't help you uh what do you do you make a suggestion can you pull over and dial can you um self dial do you have a hands-free you know you make suggestions which is all part of the
3: to the department and i'll stay on the phone with you to make sure that the call connected. And exactly. So, Go to yeah, extra
1: measure.
3: Right. Go the extra mile. And, you know, to the corporate arena for a minute, I was going to ask you, Galen, where do you think the breakdown happens? Because, you know, so many companies say, oh, this is our grand vision. And, you know, the CEO is like, yes, this is what we're going to do. And then somewhere between the CEO and then the worker bee, something breaks down where that worker bee feels disempowered that they can't Contribute in a meaningful way, and the CEO believes he or she is doing what needs to be done. But somewhere in the middle, things get get a little wonky.
0: My yeah, way. yeah. Um, so, Samutra Gosho, which I can mm-hmm. never pronounce his name. He's a, a famous uh, London business school professor and speaker. Uh, he um, gave a talk to the World Economic Forum. I don't know, 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. But I came across his vi- the video of his talk uh, about 10 years ago, and it's called The Smell of the Place. Hmm. And he talks about that very thing. He says uh, that you know, senior leadership believes one thing. They believe what they're intending. But by the time it gets to the person that's on the front line, it's it's something totally different, right? And there's this disconnect because the 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 smell of the place Mm -hmm. from that worker bee's perspective is it really doesn't matter what i do i'm just here to put this to tamara's point to put this round peg in the round hole Mm -hmm. right leadership really doesn't care about my input so why should i even offer it up and so for me that's that's why it really becomes important that not only do senior leaders say what they want they have to model what they want and then they have to celebrate when they see what they want. And uh, usually people will do more of what they see getting celebrated. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So there are two things. Um, One, I'll stay with the corporate perspective and then I will um, tether that to education. Um, The idea of coercive and enabling bureaucracy. Mm. So, with your course, it's like, okay, here are the 10 steps. Do the 10 steps. We don't need your opinion, your ideas. Keep them to yourself. Do the job. Right? Then there's the enabling. So, here are your 10 steps, Michelle. Charles and Galen however if you see another way if there's something that presents itself if there is another vantage point that we should be looking at it please by all means you have all rights and you have the space to share that information and that's where the misstep it comes in one of the many missteps in the smell of the place presents itself so that then transitioning to the space of education we're talking about silos and we're talking about missing things. And to Charles point, we all are called and we all have a responsibility. So the team and I were having a conversation today about a scholar a four, He was a former scholar at Buffalo state. He, um, suffer is suffering from some form of mental health issues. Hmm. Came into the office was having a conversation with the graduate assistant in the office. He, is trying to get the college to award him an honorary doctorate. Mm -hmm. We don't confer doctorates. We only go to four years. We only confer up to a a baccalaureate. Wanting to have the former director of the department he belonged to, to waive the remaining coursework. Mm -hmm. And we're an enrichment program that does neither. Wow. So he's having this conversation, you know, with the um, graduate assistant, then starts having a additional conversation. He said, excuse me, let me take this call. There's no phone, and he's having a a third person party conversation about this bitch trying to play me. And like like this. And then hangs hangs up and then goes back to the conversation with the graduate assistant. So of course she's tripping out in her head. She's like, okay, right. We're a public institution. So we can't say people can't come on and off of the school. And plus he's a former scholar. So I said, well, one, let me send it up protocol to say, hey, in what ways, how might we be again, supporting and having this conversation because Charles hit the nail on the head we have a responsibility because we never know when we're entertaining an angel. So I'm always cognizant of that. He's a black man, might have PT, um, PTSD, right? May have some other, ain't no telling what the James would say, listen, by the very fact of being a black man, there's no reason why I'm not schizophrenic, all right? Because of all of the pressures and the things that have come upon us. And in that, so the disconnect and talking about the silos, if, our office, the space that we practice and love empowering our scholars to be their best selves. If we were silo, I wouldn't have never said, hey, to the NSI director, Dr. Fulcher, what do you think about this? Okay, let's have a conversation with the dean of students and then let's bring the provost in if we need to. Because maybe that's what's happened to this young man from the beginning now clearly you know there are some things that he has to contend with not certain if he's compliant with his medication but how were we like michelle said all right i'm on the phone with somebody i can't call galen for you sir on the highway but i can transfer the car or I, okay. Well, can you give me the basic information? This is out of protocol. But when it comes to someone's life, like Michelle said, what's the bottom line? What's the mission and the vision? Who are we serving? Why are we serving? And for what reason? And when we are uncertain, when we're certain of that, i.e. this catalog rules, regulations, policies, then I have the responsibility to go outside of my so-called duties if it's for the betterment of something else or someone else.
3: And yeah. to have the courage right to Come do on. that because I think what stops people is that they think I'm gonna get in trouble you know this is outside of my my scope of work Da da, da, da. and maybe they want to do it but there's just that fear of if they do it what's gonna be the repercussion and sure. so no matter what the entity is we have to allow people to do the thing that we know is in the best interest of even if it doesn't fit neatly into that little box that we have assigned to that person to do and so again wanting to make sure that these organizations what what whether it's educational corporate government you know wherever it may be or entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. is to have give people the courage to do the thing that they might not necessarily feel they have the right to do yeah. People are smarter than we give them credit for.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if you've been listening, folks, uh, we're talking about suffering in silos. And should you, should you not? How do you? How Why shouldn't you? Or whatever the case may be, I'm sure. The answer is different depending on the situation and depending on uh, the person. Uh, as we discussed earlier uh, this evening, mental health is very real. And I'm sure that that has a huge Huge, but I didn't say huge. I'll say it again: a <laughs> huge impact on how people suffer in silos, how people are capable or able to collaborate or not. And as we get ready to wrap up this episode, because you know time gets the best of us all, uh, we just want to get your thoughts, your feelings, whatever it is that you may uh, have taken away. Hopefully, you've taken away a lot uh, from any of us or all of us on how you deal with living in your silo or are you a true collaborator? You know, whatever that may be. Uh, any, cl- any closing
0: thoughts, folks? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll close off uh, from my perspective and then toss it to you guys. But, you know, th- this really, you know, Simon Sinek uh, popularized the whole mm-hmm. idea of starting with why. Yep.
3: You've
0: mm-hmm. heard Tamara. Yeah. You've, you, you've heard Michelle and, and, and you've heard Charles. Talking, uh, talk about today, tonight or today, the importance of knowing what you're there for, mm. uh, the enterprise value of whatever you're part of, what you're there to do, and uh, we have gotten into a place where the process has become the objective, rather than the process being there to aid in achieving the objective. That the, the process has become the god that we that we uh, all worship and i think that that's what gets in the way a lot of times we should stay focused on what we're there to do uh why we're there and uh let's let's keep that front and center
2: so backing off of simon sinek in 2009 his ted talk um start with why he said this people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it
3: and you know uh-huh for me Tamara's story really <laughs> hit home the the 911 call and it's just a reminder again it, it might not not always be a life or death situation mm-hmm. but in that circumstance one thing that person could have done one thing and changed everything connected to that individual and their family and so on and so i just encourage people who are listening it's okay to take a risk. It's okay to step outside of that corporate line that says you have to only do this. And it's, I know it's not easy, but just think about long-term. Let's just not not always stay focused in. I can only do what my box says I'm allowed to do.
1: Mm -hmm. With that being said, folks, we want to thank you once again for watching. And remember, don't just blab, bring it to the Collab Lab. Talk to you later.